We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Lots of ways to get a hold of them. 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. You can call now. Leave a message. They will return your call. And pay a visit to the website, too. Andy and Don, all one word. That's Andy and Don, all one word, dot com. You can check out old shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Good to see you all. Good to see you. So we're going to talk about fees. Yeah. You might uh, hear a few commercials of late. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly hear them of, of a competitor. And we actually have never run into them. In, in our dealings. I don't know if you have any. No, um, not, not directly. And, but certainly I, I was watching the football game the other day and, and it came on a, a number of times. Yeah. And they're aggressively saying how basically a third of my retirement is, is lost in fees. And so... Wow. I, yeah. It is, <laughs> That's an awful lot. It is a lot of money. And I started wondering, says, okay, how accurate is that? Okay, so I did a few things. Um, there's been, it was an article on the paper in the Globe Mail this weekend all about fees. Mm-hmm. And I also checked out their, per, their website and also checked out competitors just to find out a bit more rather than simply this very compelling um, argument that it makes it sound where somebody's being interviewed by a, uh, a financial planner. Right. And they're, and they're saying, you know, my kid's inheritance and so forth. And, and I don't know the listeners out there if you've seen this, but and then the big silence and uh and then the commercial ends yeah so it's, it's like and we're sitting there and had friends over and certainly they were asking me yeah and i thought well it's it's good that uh it's out there because mm-hmm. it's no secret andy and i get paid for what we do mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah and where does really? it come from yeah I yeah shocking that. That we don't do this I for this free this was all generosity and charity and stuff well there are some <laughs> days i feel that way actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but there was a survey um since uh, 2017 all financial firms have been required to provide annual statements that highlight how their investments have performed. Mm-hmm. So it actually shows rate of return. By the way, those rates of return, and I say this clearly, is after fees. And the reason I say that is a lot of clients or even competitors are saying, well, here's the, here's the return, but then, of course, you have to take into account fees. Yeah. They don't say directly that the fees are included or not but it leaves some ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And this is what's making it very difficult for the clients. How are people getting paid? And what are the, what's a real charge? And how does that affect, of course, my investments? Mm-hmm. So it was highlighted. So <coughs> first of all, uh, Investors Group was a full year and a, a year ahead in, in terms of showing the rates of return yeah. to clients. And by the way, they are after fees. Again, I repeat. So what we they looked at is the one-year return, the three-year return, the five-year return, and since inception, and we went back to January 1st, 2009. Mm -hmm. Now, when the other institutions, namely the banks, finally said, okay, this is the deadline, it has to be done on January 1st, that's to show the fees, they only showed a one-year rate of return. Mm -hmm. They didn't even go back to 2009. I found that quite odd, because they had a even another year to get ready for this, mm-hmm. but they only did what was legally required. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was mandated that it was back to January 1st, 2009, so if, if those numbers existed. Obviously, if the account was opened after that, it would have right. been less, but uh, I thought that was supposed to be the line, line in the sand for everybody or every institution. Mm. And that's what we were told. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when we checked out our competitors, it only showed January one-year return, and it showed the three-year return, but just left blank, mm-hmm. five-year return, blank. And I said, wow, that's awfully strange considering mm-hmm. they've had time to do this. And it's interesting, just because the investment performs at a certain rate of return, 
it doesn't mean the client got that rate of return. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, it depends on when they entered and if they played around with their investments. Mm -hmm. So we did find a lot of clients in 2009. Um, we had to hold their hands a lot. Mm -hmm. We had to keep them in the investments. We yeah. had to stay to our plan. And this is simply the investment part of what we do. Not never mind the taxation, estate planning, retirement planning, insurance, cash flow. This is simply the investments. And so what I thought perhaps is maybe the banks um, had people move in and out of, uh, maybe put it in say money market funds, something right. very safe. And they missed some of the uptick. And I know a lot of clients did because it shows on their annual report and not just the banks, we're talking the industry in general. It showed a lot of clients got scared and moved to the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Well, really what that means when you say I moved it to the sidelines, it means I'm out of the market. Mm -hmm. I sold, I put it in cash, and I'm not earning any money for the time being. But to their rationalization, they're not losing any money. Yeah. And that's what they're afraid of losing. And when you sell, you have now crystallized that gain. But in the 2009, you also crystallized the loss. Yeah. I saw a client just actually last week, and he remembers the CNN. He had a CNN on all the time back then. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him, you got to turn that thing off, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, it was driving him nuts. And it was in literally to the point that I know a lot of people had to go to the doctors mm -hmm. to, you know, they're suffering depression. Because yeah. when you see your hard-earned money, fortune, yeah. oh yeah, when you see your hard-earned money go down 20 or 30% yeah. in that 08, 09 crisis, what do you do? Yeah. And you start turning on news media. If it's up, nobody... Nobody turns on the radio then yeah, or the yeah. you know, CNN. They're, you know, they, they got other things to listen to. They, but it's funny when you lose money, it's, it's near and dear to their heart. Yeah. So to get back to what I was saying, they started showing, first of all, performance. But then they also started showing what is the advisory fee. And now that's where it gets tricky. And, I, and it was called CRM2, um, Client Relationship um, Management 2, I guess, CRM2. And it... Uh, it, it gets a little dicey because they only show part of it. The client, the advisory fee and the MER, management expense ratio, this is where it gets confusing. And, uh, and right now, I'm sure there's a whole lot of listeners saying, ah, blah, blah, whatever, yeah, and, yeah. and they don't understand it. And this has actually been proven when the more they dug into fees, the less clients, in some cases, actually understood. Yeah. It got too complicated. Mm. But let me just say, MER is really your total fee you're paying. Right. Okay, management expense ratio is all you're paying. So if it says a 2% MER and the advisory fee is 1%, and that means the other part of the fee is 1%. Mm -hmm. In total, it's two. And so the other part, so advisory fee is what you're paying for advice. And part of that goes to your advisor. Right. Okay, that's where we, Andy and I get paid, is part of that uh, advisory fee. I wish it was all of it. I don't know about you, Andy, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> half's, half's better than nothing. Yep. I don't think now's the time <laughs> to be asking Gard. <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't the case. And the, so half, some of the advisory fee, about half, goes to Andy and I. Mm -hmm. And that's the 1%. The other 1% is the manufacturing cost. That is the cost to manage your money. And that is buying and selling, paying for head office, basically everything to do behind the scenes to look after your money. Mm -hmm. And that is the other half. That's the part they didn't have to show. So CRM2 CRM only show the advisory fee side. And that's why it is a little bit confusing. But at least they showed it. And by the way, um, that management fee, and I know we've talked about this before, it, if it's for a non-registered investment, those are investments not included in your RSP or your tax-free savings account or in your RESPs, the Registered Education Savings Plans. If it's a non-registered, 
you also get to deduct the advisory fee off your income tax. Mm-hmm. So if it is 1% and you're in a high tax bracket, you could be paying only half of that. Right. Okay. So that's just a nice little perk. Mm-hmm. So six months went. And again, IG was, uh, we waited till ju- um, June 30th of 2017. And that was the deadline. And we put it on all our statements, what the advisory fee is. Now that's actually, I got to give the banks and other institutions credit there. They had it on the January 1st statement. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, we decided to go to the end of, the, of uh, June. But at the end of the day, the, the deadline was that time and we used that deadline. Mm-hmm. So they took a look at the deadline and they started saying, okay, let's do a, a poll and find out if what, you know, they, uh, was Credo Consulting found that 62% of investors still think they do not pay for financial advice even after they were shown this. Hmm. And that's what I, I couldn't quite understand. So almost two thirds of the people, even though it shows advisory fee right on their statement, 62% still didn't believe they're paying a fee hmm. to their advisor. And so another report, 24%, this is J.D. Power report, found that 24% of investors said they fully understood (coughs) the fees they're paying to their advisor. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the difference. There's a big difference (coughs) from disclosure and transparency. So just because you're showing everybody, here's the fee, they don't, a lot of people just don't understand what that means. And to a large extent, they, it, it goes both ways. It could be the advisor, Okay, be, maybe not explaining it. And about a third of the advisors were actually at fault. They said a third of advisors didn't explain their fees at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a definitely a miss on the advisor. If you right. had an advisor and they're not explaining to you any cost, how it works, mm-hmm. well, you should be looking at another advisor. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's certainly in there. And, right. and it always has been. This isn't new. Um, anybody is getting paid, is generally getting paid from the investments. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, but upon that, who, who did uh, explain uh, an explanation, a complete understanding only increased to 35%. So there's only a 2% increase in understanding after they showed the fees. Mm. So this is where they said, okay, part of this is the client too. Even though we're telling about the fees, we're showing you the fees, it's still- They're we, not reading them. You got to read it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it is a bit of a, and, and possibly, um, just to go back, they don't really care. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know you're getting paid somewhere. Um, you're looking after our best interest. You're making a reasonable rate of return. And so we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. And to a large part, uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to understand how the whole car works. Mm-hmm. As long as you turn on the end, you know, turn the key, it works, yeah. you drive to work. Yeah. You don't need all the, all the details. Yeah. But it's also interesting is we've been having a pretty good market of late. And we also find that fees aren't an issue or as big an issue when people are making money. Yeah, as long as it's doing <laughs> well, right? Hmm. Yeah. So when you see uh, the markets <coughs> drop by, you know, there's a negative return of, say... Th- it should come out of your share. <laughs> exactly. If my stuff goes down, you should pay for and it. we should that's not right. get paid anymore. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You lose the fee. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... That Shouldn't it be like those lawyers? If you don't win, you don't pay. And that's kind of what they're, I think there's a lot of clients that think that. And that's actually how hedge funds work. They say we only pay when you, when you make money. Well, then when you do make money, they make a lot of money. So at the end of the day, their average fee is actually probably higher than a mutual fund. But for some reason, clients just don't look at the average. Mm -hmm. Okay. They simply look at, well, you're making money, even though we're losing money. Yeah. So... But everybody, it, it, everybody is paid the same way. The whole industry is paid on assets. Mm-hmm. So no matter what those commercials are saying, the part of that fee is going for advice. 
No, you don't. You could do it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could do it alone, and you can get no advice. Yeah, and the, that makes me feel safer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you have your life savings there, and you're going to do this alone. Yeah. Okay. I um, perhaps when you're just starting out, not a problem. What I found about I kind of liken to my first car. Mm-hmm. I had a Volkswagen Beetle, 1972, yellow. I got it painted blue. It had rust. I did the bodywork. The engine kind of wasn't working. I, I kind of figured out stuff. I looked at it in manual. Got my buddy to look at mm-hmm. it. How bad can it be? It only was worth like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't do it with my car today. No. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't Man. come near it. <clears throat> there you go. I know these guys get paid pretty good dollars, but good. It's fixed. Mm-hmm. I turn the key. It works. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for that when you're dealing with a financial planner. Good point. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now. Leave a message at 905-529-7165. And take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. That's all one word, andyanddon.com. You can listen to old shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Or you can call and leave a message. They will return it, 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. We're talking about fees. Yeah, we just want to sort of piggyback on what Don was saying. And I and I, I know I've seen the commercials that he's referring to where mm-hmm. there's sort of this blank stare at the end that the fees don't seem fair. And, yeah. and, it's, uh, and I, I think what the in my interpretation of the, the commercial is saying is that they're talking about investment advice. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about investment advice, that is sort of one silo of the financial planning process. Yeah. And so if a proper financial plan, a properly drafted financial plan is going to identify your investments and what your risk tolerance is mm. and, and provide a, an asset allocation model and a strategy around how your investments are going to be set up. Mm. And it might be different for your RSP, your TFSA, your non-registered, your education plan. So it might involve a lot of work just to understand how each piece is going to work. Right. And they're all sort of individual in, in, in the sense that, you know, you're, you might have a certain risk tolerance, but your spouse might have a different risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. So we take, want to take into account the individual as well. All, a lot of that can be done in some ways, and I know Don jokes about it, but it's kind of the easy part of, mm-hmm. the, of, the, of the solution mm-hmm. because there's a lot of science behind it, and, yeah. and we can apply that science and, and make it very methodical in terms of it's a structured approach, mm-hmm. and we're disciplined about how we're approaching it. And, and the real issues come when, when investment markets go down. As Don was saying, there's been a yeah. tailwind, right? The yeah. investments have been going up. Everybody's been making money. When investments go down and people begin to worry and question about, do I have the right asset allocation? Do I have the right model? And in periods of, of difficulty like that or economic uncertainty, that's when your advisor is going to help you know take you <laughs> step back from the cliff yeah, or from yeah. the ledge in terms of making the wrong decision. So the investment strategy is one component. The second component is your um, your retirement analysis. Yeah. How do we analyze and what's going to happen in, in engaging your retirement analysis? Tax planning. We mm-hmm. have to be vigilant about tax all the time. It could be the efficiency of your investments tax-wise. It could be the way you're structuring your tax deductions, your corporation, your personal finances, etc. 
cash flow management, which is really making sure and adding discipline to how you spend your money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not able to save enough on a monthly basis, we want to drill down, understand where is the money going? Where can we pull back in certain areas yeah. to make sure that you are accumulating enough to meet, to reach your goals? You know, you um, bring up a valid point, and I've certainly <clears throat> talked about this before with you guys, and, and you're talking about fees and, and people look at their fees in relation to their return and, you know, what they've accomplished financially. But again, uh, for you guys, it's, it's more than that. It's, that's just, as you said, one aspect of it. And that's the scientific aspect of it. There's yes. formulas and what have you for those. Yes. But it's the other stuff that, and the other financial decisions that you make in your life as you move forward that you also need advice about. You know, I mean, I was just talking to you guys last week or two when we were redoing some mortgage stuff at our place. Yes. And it, it's, it's that kind of information that to me rounds it out. You know, I, I don't necessarily think about, you know, how much I'm getting out of this, that, and the other. Because as you said, at the end of the day, you're at the mercy at the mar- of mm-hmm. the market and you yes. follow it, you have a plan, and then you go to bed at night. Yes. <laughs> but it's that other stuff, like should I buy or lease a car? Should I, can I afford to do this to my cottage? Can I take this mortgage out? What should I do? Yeah. To me, that's the advice that's that's really beneficial. And it's peace of mind, right? Because yeah. you because you know you have questions about it. You yeah. know you have some uncertainty. You're hearing, you're hearing re- different things from different people. Yeah, and how and it all relates to one thing. That's, that's right. being you. That's we right. know your situation, all <clears throat> yeah. aspects of the situation. So making a decision, it's not going in with one part. It's just yeah. part of the knowledge. Right. And so we know it's not like you you have to go check hundreds of websites to get your answer. Yeah. You make a phone call yeah. and you get your answer that's best for you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's so much conflicting information when you're trying to look up yourself. Self-diagnosing mm. your financial self is very difficult. And when you see those commercials with the guy standing there and they're on a couch and there's the hand on the shoulder and all that other stuff that you were talking about last segment, they don't yeah. say, well, by the way, how's your insurance policy going? By the yeah. way, did you make exactly. that, uh, yes. did you buy that house? Or Yes. Or, or what have you. It's it's just purely about what the return does. Exactly. Yeah, return yeah and you hit the, the other two components, which are insurance analysis, your risk management. What would happen if you lost your, if you couldn't work because of illness? What mm. would happen if you died prematurely? What happens if you had a critical illness? Yeah. And uh, so, and of course, retirement. So the, and then execution, right? Mm-hmm. How do you execute? Now, you know, we all have goals perhaps about, you know, we're going to eat better. We're going to exercise mm-hmm. more. Yeah. We're going to stop smoking. We're going to, you know, be more energy efficient around our, whatever it is. And the question is, are we executing? Yeah. And it's so often life is, gets busy that it's easy to let things slide. Yeah. <clears throat> and it could be as simple as, you've got a bank account where you're paying fees on an ongoing basis, Mm. you know, and it's a small amount. It's $8 a month. It's 12 bucks a month, whatever it is. We, part of our solution would be get to how to solve that simple thing like that. Mm -hmm. And that's a small piece, but it, but when you, when you layer them all together, the actual report card Mm -hmm. is your net worth statement. Mm -hmm. How are we doing from a financial standpoint year after year after year? And you measure it by your net worth because the net worth will encompass all of the small pieces to, to show you how mm-hmm. the growth has occurred in your overall financial wealth. Mm-hmm. And so that report card time is fantastic because it includes all the tax planning strategies that we've implemented. It includes those cost-saving strategies that we've implemented. It includes, you know, how to minimize uh, tax on your estate. It, it, all of these things, or in, and even making sure that we're following an asset allocation model from your investment perspective. Mm-hmm. And we can see that you're making, you're on track 
you're on track to hitting your retirement goals, you're on track to hitting your children's education goals. And, and then we put it into a visual where you can see, you know, it's a green light, it's a yellow light, or maybe yeah. it's a red light in, yeah. in a certain area. And we can address that. So it's very customized. And, um, you know, that provides peace of mind because yeah. more and more our clients tell us, well, I don't feel I would be where I am today yeah. if it wasn't for the advice that I've been receiving over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's part of And, you know, the analogy, and we were kind of thinking about this, you know, in recent times, the real estate market has been really hot, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of times people will think, geez, do I really want to pay a 5% commission to have somebody sell my house? Yeah, yeah. You know, I could put up a, a com-free yeah. or commission-free or a property guy sign and uh, and maybe I can save that 5%. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was asking Don, so what do you, when you drive up a street and you see, well, there's a, an XYZ insu- uh, real estate company <clears throat> and a representative selling a house <clears throat> and two doors down, pardon me, two doors down, you see a, a, a calm free right. uh, sign right. on the lawn. What's the first thing that goes through your mind? Deal. I want a deal. <laughs> I'm not going to pay the same as the other guy. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get some of that, that commission he's saving yeah. should come to me too. Yeah. So suddenly that, you know, maybe the 5% savings that somebody's thinking is really two and a half percent because if I'm the buyer, yeah. I kind of want to saw off that deal, sure. don't I? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and of course, in, in a time when real estate is moving quickly, it's selling within days or, or weeks, yeah. that calm-free solution seems like a nice alternative. Mm-hmm. But if it took three to six months to sell your property, mm-hmm. and now you're the person holding the bag in terms yeah. of the showings, in terms of the marketing, in terms of everything else, suddenly yeah. the calm-free deal seems like a lot more headaches yeah. than hiring a professional to do it and look after it and, and keep the ball rolling. Right. So, you know, in some cases you get what you pay for and mm-hmm. there are people that can sell their house on their yeah, own yeah. and there are people that can do all of their financial planning on their own yeah. and and I think that's absolutely it's fantastic and for them maybe they just they just need somebody to meet with somebody and pay them a fee to yeah. just benchmark am I on track yeah. or is there anything else I'm missing mm-hmm. um but you know for the uh, for many many people it's just nice to have a comprehensive approach where all of that is being addressed on a regular basis yeah. so yeah. yeah, and I, you know, so you look at uh, the competitor, and, it's, and this particular one is a Quest Trade commercial, and they are basically assuming that with their lower fee, that the clients or you would end up with a lot more money. Mm-hmm. So it's basically we are charging less, so you'll end up with more money. Right. It's guaranteed. That's how it works, and nothing to do with the management of the money, nothing to do with human behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, human behavior, I can tell you, is generally not the best. They like to buy when things are high, and yeah. they like to sell when things are, are low. Yeah. It's just wh- how we're wired. So we're not wired to make money, but kind of going with the real estate theme, when, when things are doing really well, and I've been doing this for 32 years, it was index funds, it, it was ETFs now, a lot more money said, well, we just put an ETF, save money. It's easy. The markets just go up in the last five years. It's simple. Yeah. And that's kind of what's going on, just like real estate up until about April of last year. People just show up and there's a bidding war. Yeah. Well, it's, it is a little easier when the market's up. Yeah. No question. But I did look at um, Quest Trade's uh, website and I went through it and it said, wow, the, the, the costs are not as high. It's a very big, big uh, part of the website. It says basically the management fee is 0.7 to 0.35, depending on if you have over a million dollars. 0.7 is their highest. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, that's pretty inexpensive. Oh, then I lost a little small, small writing. 
ETF fee not included. Right. Oh, clicked on that. Well, now there's another 0.21 to 1.23 additional charge there. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the high end of both, you're now you're getting close to 2%, mm -hmm. which by the way, 2% is pretty close to what mutual funds are charging. Yeah. Mutual funds are around two, depending on how much money you have, mm -hmm. to about two and a half. Mm -hmm. The average in Canada is about 2.2, 2.3. So if this is a pure equity fund, meaning all, on, all, all in stocks, you are getting up there in terms of their charges, but you're not getting advice. You're not getting any of the stuff mm -hmm. that Andy's talking about. So there's the alpha and beta, if you will. One is simply the advice of the client and head off, sorry, the, uh, the management of the money and head office looking after doing the paperwork. But the gamma is all what we do, giving you the advice. And how much is that worth? They actually measured the gamma and basically what Andy just talked about, it works out to almost 3% per year increased returns. Mm -hmm. So we're part of that three. So there's a 3% that we add value. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're saying, Scott, about maybe mortgages and stuff. Mm -hmm. How much did that save in time and in return or decision-making? Or just even clarity. Clarity, yeah, no question. You know. So all this. So then I clicked on a little bit further. Well, then they had a whole bunch of other fees that we didn't have. Like there's a mailing fee of $10. There's a tax slip of 20 bucks per slip. Those there's stamps. All those little things. <laughs> so I thought, Dang okay. stamps. I don't remember seeing that in the commercial. Mm. But mm -hmm. then I said, okay, well, just how, the, how is the performance? At the end of the day, how did they do? And I looked at their aggressive one. And I looked at it and I said, wow, their aggressive one is going to save a bunch of money. It, it showed that it was like $123,000 difference using... Quest Trade versus the average mutual fund. Mm -hmm. And that's just based on performance. And, and, and making that very clear example that they charge more, so whatever they charge, their performance will be less. Mm -hmm. Right, so an example, if, if, if uh, investor group charges 2% and Quest Trade charges 1.5%, then that half a percent automatically goes to your bottom line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's guaranteed, yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. None of the other stuff is in, involved. So actually, I did look at their portfolio and a similar one to Investors Group. So it was a, it was a global portfolio. They had 32% Canadian, 31% US, 35% international, and a couple percent in cash. Something similar to, in, to theirs, we have one that's 40% Canadian, 29% US, 24% international, and 7% 7 emerging markets. So not quite apples to apples, but very, very close. Yeah. And their five-year rate of return they did outperform us by 0.26%. Mm -hmm. Not the one and yeah. a half percent that they were suggesting, but 0.26%. And that could be, that could have gone either way. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that that's an ongoing difference. That just happened to be in the last five years. And the biggest reason is um, we had 40% Canadian, which was the worst performing area in the last five years. And they had more in US international, mm -hmm. which, and they only had 32% Canadian. Right. So that difference alone definitely took place, you know, took over that 0.26%. But that's a rounding error. Mm -hmm. We're talking over year after year. And also, they looked at a 30-year, um, extrapolated their results by 30 years, as if that would carry on, and that compounding carried on for 30 years. Mm. Of course, it, when we do projections, Andy and I, and there, if you project anything, if you, could, if you project a mistake for 30 years, you ought to see how that compounds. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good or bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they, they're only spending $100 a month in groceries. Yeah. Oh, geez, it was supposed to be 1000 a month. Yeah. Well, you look, oh, well, they can retire now. Look yeah. at the difference. It, it compounds everything. So it, it comes down to, it's funny, when, when we were start, first starting years ago, 
the number one reason, and I still think it's the number one reason people don't have money today, is procrastination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the number one. They have to start saving. Yeah. None of this none of this matters if you don't start. Yeah, exactly. Okay. If you don't put it in motion. And who cares about the fees? If, even if they save anything, they don't have any money yet. So so even if it was 1% or 2% or 3% more, mm. it doesn't matter. They're taking it away from, I don't know, the bar scene and they're giving it to us. Yeah. Anything's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so procrastination is number one. And that's how we started in the business years ago is trying to convince people to start adding a few hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. into their RSPs. And kids' education, um, that's a big one right now. And making sure parents are putting money away. So by the time they get to uh, post-secondary, they've got $60,000 already built away, mm-hmm. socked away somewhere. Um, number two, client behavior. Absolutely critical. And that has a mass impact on return now. And as we talked about, they have a, uh, a Delbar report. And that shows how the clients perform. It turns out the client behavior actually cost clients about 40% of the return. Hmm. So if the return was averaging nine, clients were getting five. And that's only because they're getting into the hot market when it's high and yeah. they're getting in and they're selling when it's low, as we talked about. They're becoming experts. They're all, oh, geez, I got to <laughs> do something. Day traders. Yeah. <laughs> and they have nobody to call. They don't know who to talk to. So they, they make rash decisions. They listen to the buddies. Yeah, well, that's a lot of it. <laughs> and and lastly, and is, is advice. And again, how to avoid that 53.5% tax bracket. That's gonna, now, now you're into the, the senior clients, the seasoned investors and making sure we, they've already, they're not procrastinating, they've got money. They know that they're not supposed to let emotions run their portfolio. So we've got them through that. Now we're into the advice client and we're helping them with taking money out of their RSPs at lower tax brackets, trying to avoid old age security clawback, making sure they're not giving more than half their money to the government when mm-hmm. they die. How do you avoid those probate fees? The big difference is that add huge value to the clients. And so when it's all said and done, it isn't as simple as, well, this extra fee of 1% will take a third of your retirement. It's not even close to that. It comes down to having a proper financial plan and executing it. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call 905-529-7165. We are planning your financial your future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister Andy and Don, and Don Fox are here com. from Investors Group back. Financial Services, Inc. Take a peek at the website, andyanddon.com. That's all one word, andyanddon.com. Or call now and leave a message. They'll return your call. 905-529-7165. That's 905-529-7165. We're talking about updating your will and you should do this four times? <laughs> there's four There's four, four scenarios. Well, I could probably come up with more, but no. there's four times, certainly four situations in your life when it makes sense to do it. And, you know, wills, anybody, if you're listening right now and you've experienced this where you've had a, a family member or a friend or a situation where someone has passed away and now the will and the whole estate is in limbo because there's now infighting between family members, there's discourse going on yeah. between um, siblings about how it should be uh, settled, um, there were joint ownership issues that weren't clarified and who is supposed to get money and who shouldn't. Uh, I tell you, it, it can be an abs- absolutely devastating to the family yeah. and the future uh, and the future of the family in terms of the dynamics and, yeah. and just the cohesiveness. But, uh, you know, so a quick story, I had a, a client came in 
and um, he he met with me, and this is several years ago. And we uh, he wanted to execute an estate plan and wanted some detailed about how to do it. We went through the whole plan. We uh, created the plan for him, presented the plan. And he said, "This is great. I, uh, you know, I'm taking it home. I'm oh, going to review it." And 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 so uh, I didn't hear from him after a month. And we called, and there was no answer. Um, and then another uh, month went by, and we got a phone call from the son. Yeah. And the son said, "Oh, Danny, I just uh, I just want to thank you for for meeting with dad and executing that estate plan. He he passed away suddenly mm-hmm. um, uh, three weeks ago." Mm-hmm. And I said, "I'm sorry, we." I have bad news. We we did the whole plan. We yeah. had it all in place, and we were trying to get it executed, but we never heard back from them, and nothing got done. Yeah. Well, that estate is now sitting. It's been it's been almost three years. Wow, that they're still working on it. The siblings are fighting with each other over joint ownership of various accounts, mm. and they've probably each spent at least $30,000 of, of legal fees Yikes. fighting to, to get what's becoming a dwindling estate yeah. as time goes on. And so, that initial <clears throat> document that he did with you is invalid because it was, no, never, it was never completed. Holds no no value at all. It was simply how to, um, what terms of beneficiaries, how to structure things right. in terms of joint ownership, in terms of, it was all the ideas around mm. it, but nothing had been executed right. through his lawyer. So um, for the first one is going to be uh, a newborn. So a girl or a boy, congratulations. But mm. uh, a newborn obviously needs lots of attentions. But for children and your estate, the main thing is designating a guardian. And the mm. guardian needs to be put in your will. If you already have children, and this is an, an additional child, in many cases, the will st- uh, specifies that your children are the beneficiaries. So it might name Johnny and Susie as beneficiaries. Well, now if there's an Ian, a new, a new mm-hmm. child, you need to include them. Some wills will include a clause that covers all your children, your issue. And so it's not, it wouldn't be necessary, but it's always a good time to review whenever there's a new child born. So that's number one. Number two is getting married again. Mm. So again, (laughs) yeah, getting married again. So, uh, when one or both of you already has kids, this should trigger a will or update. So if you're remarrying and you have children that are uh, even minors or adults, uh, that's a great time to redo and review the will. It's going to be a complicated revision because there's a lot of touchy issues, uh, around all of that. But, um, the main thing is that you want to make sure that your child's inheritance is not going to be left up to the discretion of the, their new step parent. Mm. Uh, so in other words, if, if I remarried and I, um, and I die, my new spouse, if, if, if she's the one who's now involved yeah. in making the decisions, my children aren't going to feel, be very happy about that. Mm-hmm. So you need to sort of insulate everybody from yeah. that decision process because it just creates a bad dynamic. So you need to be very careful in stating which children are getting what. What happens if your your surviving spouse remarries, another, so they remarry, and uh, you want to make sure that your children from your previous relationship aren't disinherited disinherited uh, when you have a new spouse. And that's the key to reviewing that will. Uh, number three, caring for, a, for the disabled. 
And uh, so if you have a special needs beneficiary in the family, a child who is born with health issues or a family member that develops health issues, it could, really could necessi- it really will necessitate a, a change to your will. Uh, for example, a Henson Trust or just providing provisions for a trust to be created mm-hmm. to uh, provide for an income stream for them, but also protect them so that they can still access all the government benefits, et cetera. And a common law situation or a divorce. Mm -hmm. That's the fourth. And the fourth, so if you're living common law, you should definitely be drawing up a will as a surviving common law spouse doesn't have the same rights as a married spouse. So in many cases, um, all the assets in a common law relationship will flow back to siblings or parents as opposed to the common law partner. Um, The common law partner has to go through the court system perhaps to get spousal relief where they would receive an income or perhaps some of the assets, but it's a complicated process. If you want to protect your common law spouse, make sure it's specified in the will. And, um, and also in terms of divorce, and it depends too, in terms of your, from your estate perspective, um, you know, how do you sort of, they could move to a different province. So there's all kinds of other things that are going to be part of that. Um, if you're getting a separation, that will also require an, a will change. So I'm going to put those two in the same category, uh, a separation or a divorce. And you want to pay special attention to all those designations you've made, you know, your RSPs, your RIFs, your TFSAs, the insurance through your group benefits at work. All of those need to be updated to make sure that your money doesn't go to your ex, yeah. which is the key. All right. Get on those wheels, everybody. We've been planning, or we are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. And the website is andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message at 905 905- Five five two nine seventy one sixty five. That's Andy and or sorry, that's nine zero five five two nine seventy one sixty five. And the website andyanddon.com, all one word. That's andyanddon.com. All right, we haven't talked about this. What about those rate increases? Yeah. Mm. Wow. And there is hike. there more on the way? There could be the hike. Well, I'm not sure about more on the way. It doesn't sound like it's anytime in soon. Mm. Okay, it does sound that they're on the horizon though. Yeah. But again, so many things in the world could change. Mm-hmm. They, we weren't shocked about this one. No, it was it was well warned ahead that there's a good chance, more than fifty percent chance. The odd makers were out at Vegas trying to yeah. figure this out. Um, I guess it wouldn't be Vegas; probably be Niagara, Niagara <laughs> Falls. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? In the last six or seven months, it's the rates have gone up in little increments, twenty five percent, you know, point two five percent each one, quarter yep. percent, three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just a little while ago, it was 2.7% was mm-hmm. the prime rate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, money was cheap. People were f- doing so many things mm-hmm. based on cheap money. And again, I know we've been on the show a few times, both Andy and I, about how, how much debt Canadians are in. Mm-hmm. I think if we had a show from about a year ago, we, we said something about locking in your mortgage for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah. the rates. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I have been a huge advocate. Now, I would have been early. Mm-hmm. Um, there would have been a year, and I didn't go 10. I know you said 10. I said five. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, you know what? You're right. If 10 would be about the same as they are now. Mm-hmm. But there was, you know, not long ago, you can get 2.2% five-year mortgages, mm-hmm. which are now over 3.5% mm-hmm. for five-year. Mm-hmm. 
And so a lot of the people that were in floating rate mortgages, uh, they were getting prime less 0.1, mm-hmm. okay? And so they're not too bad. 2.7 mm-hmm. now was what they were, but now at 3.45, mm-hmm. they're paying th- 3.35 mm-hmm. for those mortgages. And that's getting expensive. Mm-hmm. In fact, that three quarter percent difference on a floating rate mortgage. So if you had a half million dollar mortgage and there's a thousands of those out there right mm-hmm. now, because with property values at million dollars for mm-hmm. say the average house, you come in half in, mm-hmm. that means you still got a half a million dollar mortgage. Yeah. And if you are right to the eyeballs in terms of what you can afford and you've got it all worked out, but you decided to go floating rate, meaning mm-hmm. your rate goes up and down with whatever the interest rates, because there's a lot of people say, well, look at the, what the last 20 years was, floating rate was the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, in that 20 years, interest rates have been falling, literally have been falling since about 1983, mm-hmm. slowly all the way down to last year. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you owe $500,000 and rates went up by 0.75, you are now paying an extra $312.50 a month more mm-hmm. after tax. And so there's a good chance you had to make $500 more every month to gross to get to keep $312.50 for yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is why you know the Bank of Canada said as of January, you have to go with a five-year mortgage based on what we say five-year mortgages are. Right. You have to stress test this just mm-hmm. in case rates do go up. So you wonder where's that money come from, right? Is it money that's, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to s- reduce the amount I'm saving mm-hmm. because I have to come up with another 350 bucks. Am I going to cut back on my expense, my expenses? So um, there's no social, there's no trip or there's, uh, you know, the kids aren't involved in XYZ sport. Mm-hmm. So that comes out of the economy. Where does that money come from? If you needed to find 350 bucks every month, yeah. it's got to come from yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, wow, 300 bucks by itself doesn't sound like a lot, mm-hmm. but it's $500 gross. You come back with 300. If you have to say, you know, we'd like to just save $300 every month. Oh, I don't know if I can afford that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, my mortgage went up by $300. Do you just uh, sell the house? Yeah. Well, people would automatically cut back if they had to, they have right? To. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have to. It's, yeah, it's amazing. They're not going to walk away from the house. Yeah. The priorities between saving and having to pay down debt is totally <clears> different. <throat> the, but the other side of it is what about all those people that bought investment properties? Mm. And they've worked this all out based on what the rent will be. And let's say it was 1200 a month and they broke even. Mm. And, and if they were in floating rate and they had a half million dollar mortgage, they have to come back up with $300 more rent to break even. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't raise rent by 300 bucks. Yeah. There's a, lot, whole, there's a whole lot of rent control that says they can raise it by inflation, mm-hmm. which is like maybe 20 bucks. Okay, on a thousand dollars, it's two percent. It's very minimal. So again, it hurts the bottom line. So all these people that got into rental properties, which are good long-term investments, again should stress test this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, real estate has an emotional part to it, and people are buying real estate on twofold. There's emotion. One is for their own personal residence. There's so much emotion there. Mm-hmm. Growing up, the kids <clears throat> in the right area, close to schools. I love the kitchen, yeah. what have you. But there's also the emotion on buying rental properties that look at all the people making money in rental properties. Mm. I got to get in on that. And that's the greed part. There's a whole lot of people. And I started seeing this and I've seen this a a few times in my career back in the nine, in the late eighties, this happened. Mm -hmm. Everybody was buying rental properties because they're going up. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny in the nineties, 
when rent prices did not go up in the last 10 years in Hamilton at all, nobody was talking about rental properties. Mm. That would have been actually the best time to be buying it. Yeah. But then in the last five years, I've been seeing a whole lot of people talk about rental properties from many vocations, everything from golf pros to, mm-hmm. you know, to architects, to who have you, to dentists, to anybody, all sorts from high income earners to low income earners, all the way talking about rental properties. At the end of the day, it's a it's a long-term capital investment. They were never supposed to go up by 25% a year. Yeah. Okay. But if they did if they do continue to rise, which I'd be surprised if they clip go at that clip, you still have to pay the mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. And this interest rate hike may affect things. You should be sitting down with a financial planner and and find out perhaps what you should be doing in terms of this hike and how it will affect you. We are, or we have been, planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call them now and leave a message at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great week. Thank you, Scott. Scott.